0: So I think if people are heard, you have an opportunity to clarify, then it becomes less of a demand and more of a collaboration. When they're on the same page, we can all advocate the same thing for organization. Welcome
1: to the Twins Talk Tech Leadership Podcast, where we highlight and explore the views of thought leaders and organizations across the tech industry. We're presenting topics on leadership, sales, and trends from our perspective as individuals and, of course, as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk Tech Leadership. We know at the end of the day, from a market perspective, it's so much less costly and so much easier to keep current existing clients happy then to yes. find a new client. And I'm, I'm so glad you brought up the lifetime value. That's so very important. And I'm glad you brought up the, the fact that you have these VPs of these different organizations. They might get together. They try to align once in a while, uh, which is so crucial why a CRO is needed. But when you have all these organizations together, all these different yeah. groups together, I think sometimes we forget that it is so crucial to have everybody on the same play in order to make sure that the organization achieves the revenue targets that they want. It's just the same thing as Dion Sanders was uh, asked a question. Hey, you know, Michigan University of Michigan is still in football uh, signs and signals. And Dion said, you can know what the play is, but you still have to stop them. And yeah. so it, it, everyone's on the same page. If, I, I don't care if you know what play I'm running, but if I, my lineman knows where to go, they know where to step. Everybody knows the, the whole assignment that's needed. I'm still going to score on you. And that's, yeah. that's the, the mindset. So, Real quick, getting all these groups together and, and having the CRO there, how can you ensure that everybody is aligned for that revenue success? Because if you have one team doing well and another team's not, it will hinder the organization's capability to hit those targets.
0: Yeah. Um, I always say two out of three people in business really like me, but all three remember me. <laughs> um because I I am I embrace conflict. And I think so many meetings, specifically on the executive level, it's people are multitasking. They're hearing things and they're just ready to go on. I think if you respect your peers, conflict is healthy. You disagree with me? Great. Please convince me I'm wrong. And maybe this comes with age or maturity. I still think I'm immature. Well, that's personally, not professionally. But if you think there's a better way to do something, tell me. I love being wrong. I love being wrong. And that took a while to get to, but everyone acquiescing just because we want to get to lunch is moot. Let's grab a beer after work, Um, whatever it might be. I want to hear your point of view. So I think if people are heard, you have an opportunity to clarify, then it becomes less of a demand and more of a collaboration. When they're on the same page, we can all advocate the same thing for organization, and then once a month, when we get all the revenue teams together, uh, terms like LTV aren't unheard of. Terms like activation aren't unheard of. The importance of uh, bringing a CS leader or IC before the deal closes is a known entity, rather than oh, when are we? When? when why are we doing this?
1: This is David, Andrew, and you can tell what our spirit is like with twins here. We're both excited and jumping in. You talked about the sports analogies. I appreciate you bringing that up, and I love that. My son used to play high school basketball. You have a picture of Kobe and LeBron in the background, and there's so much about that picture. If you really love the sport of basketball, you understand why that picture is so important. But my son was a point guard. I used to tell my son all the time, I said, David, don't focus on points. That might seem like glamour to everybody else, but focus on the assists. You look good when you make your your, your team look good. And that's really the importance of what you've been talking about in terms of your voice versus other voices that are echoing this a as, as spirit of what you really want to accomplish in the long run. I love that. I mean, Simon Sinek even talked about building a culture of trust in your company. And he kind of equated it, which is interesting, Andrew, he equated it to uh, somebody rescuing somebody like a firefighter. You have yeah. to trust that person with your life. You may not even know them. But yet, we go to work with people we know all the time. We don't even trust our coworkers. And he said, if we can learn to develop that spirit in our workplaces, imagine what that would do for the long overall health and growth of our, our company. So, I love that you brought yeah. that in there. So, I don't want to echo it too much, but I just had to say, well, Dan, go, go ahead. I love
0: no, that. Go you, ahead. Brought up, you brought up something that I love. So, <laughs> I coached my son in basketball. Uh, this might be a Kobe Bryant tattoo. My, my car might have Kobe life uh, as a license plate. And I I did work for the NBA for a few years. So I, all things basketball with a, with a not so humble brag, but I love what you brought up as the point guard. I think the point guard is actually a great comparison to the CRO. The point guard. I think the one thing that you insinuated is making everyone else successful. I think what's even more important or equally important is court vision. Court vision, which is what I worked on my son with, which is seeing how the offense is moving. How the defense is moving. Where can you expose someone defensively? Where can you take advantage? And this all happens so quick. I actually think the CRO is very much like a point guard. It's the ability to see what's in front of him or her, the ability to exploit opportunities, and to learn from prior mistakes. But to bring everyone together, and their success is your success. So uh, I might do a LinkedIn article on that. Thanks. Love it. I
1: love it. And and I and I hope you do that because that's so important. And it might be remiss. We could say maybe the the art of a true point card is dying out, but the game evolved. But the true art is learning how to see the game as it's evolving. And I appreciate you bringing that up. I'm glad you share that with your son. La- last and, part of that metaphor yeah, though
0: is yes, yes. we're now we're now playing somewhat positionless basketball. I'm we either are. gonna lose, I'm either gonna lose people on this podcast or bring them in. And I say that because <laughs> the idea of positionless basketball is we all have similar attributes. And I think if you look at an executive team or a leadership team, the more we can have a Venn diagram of talent. Still, we need to be subject matter experts, but the more I'm familiar with products, the more product is familiar with alliances, we could start back to conflict. We can actually have an intelligent point of view to make everyone better.
1: We'll be right back after this short break. I am delighted to announce that at Meetup's customers can now benefit from the presentation and speaking training courses with our integration and partnership with DSB Leadership Group. DSB Leadership Group is committed to providing training and resources to support professionals becoming more effective communicators and increase their impact and value. And that is the reason why at Meetup and DSB Leadership Group have formed a partnership to make sure that our MSPs, which is you, can be effective and powerful Go to EliteSpeakerServices.com for all your event needs. Let us deliver the message your audience needs to hear. Let us deliver beyond your expectations. Are you an MSP looking to strengthen the relationships that you have with your clients? Look to reinforce your value by maximizing your QBRs. Simplify the approach by turning any account manager into a virtual CIO with a humanized IT framework. Visit humanizeit.biz and start to create genuine human connections through better conversations rather than just presentations. Humanize IT. Are you someone who dreads public speaking? Does a mere thought of getting up in front of a crowd make you break out in a cold sweat? Well, fear no further because there's a solution that can help you overcome your fear and master the art of public speaking. Introducing our book, Talk It Up. A Guide to Successful Public Speaking. This comprehensive guide is perfect for anyone of any age in any profession if they want to improve their public speaking skills. Whether it's for a work presentation, a conference, a job interview, giving a toast at a wedding, or even a TED Talk. With Talk It Up, you'll learn how to craft and deliver a powerful speech that engages your audience and leaves a lasting impression. You'll discover techniques for controlling your nerves, protecting your idea, projecting your voice, using your body language, all to keep your audience engaged. Plus you get tips on everything from creating an outline to using visual aids to managing a Q and A session. Imagine being able to speak confidently and being able to captivate your audience. With Talk It Up, you can become a skilled public speaker in no time. And the best part, it's available on Amazon so you can start reading today and take your first steps to become a confident public speaker. Don't let your fear of public speaking hold you back any longer. Order your copy of Talk It Up today and start speaking with confidence. This is Danny. This is something I think about every day. I used to coach uh, sports. I coach high school football for five years and community college for two years. I tried to coach again. My wife said if I did it, she'd divorce me, right? So we we all know how important it is to have all the coaches on the same page, all the kids uh, doing their assignment. But what you said was so unique is that it positionless uh, basketball today and and it's always evolving. And it's always about you getting the best at each person on the, on the court. But if you can have that little coach on the court, that floor general, even though things are changing up a little bit, there's still someone that's calling out directions. We see that LeBron does it all the time. Sometimes he'll come from the small four position. He'll come and take the point. Sometimes he'll tell people, get them in the right position where they need to go. And either he'll come down with the bully ball or he'll set somebody up for the three point shot, whatever it may be. He's always looking at, looking at what's going on. And I love that. Now, we, we think about this aspect here when we talk about really how to approach certain tech stacks. And I don't want to go back to what I was yeah. using as a coach. I was using this tool called Huddle. And what I love yeah. about this tool called Huddle is I can actually break down every single student that I'm working with, student athlete I'm working with. I can look at the play. I can look at what was ran, what was called, who did their assignment, who didn't do their assignment. I can actually put together what I call pieces of film so we can send it in so that our kids can go to division one, division two, the, the community college kids I was working with and the high school kids that wanted to go as well. So I'm really excited about all these things. And when we talk about having these tools in the sales world as a CRO, yourself as a chief revenue officer yeah. and a chief sales officer, you also have certain tools you use to, in order to analyze your athletes your employees as well to make sure that they're doing their role, they're doing their assignment. And as a team, the whole team, you guys are winning because I know as a leader, I have to have my whole team winning. If they don't all win, I don't make my quota, right? I Mm -hmm. I may have two or three sales rep make their quotas, but I need the whole team to win so I can make sure I make my quotas. So tell us a little bit about the current revenue optimization tech stacks that you use today in order to make sure you keep everybody playing the right way.
0: Great. So I said, I embrace conflict. So, Uh, Danny, let me call you out. Um, I like the word analyze, but I would actually switch it to empower. So what we're trying to do is how I care about outcomes over outputs. So you talk about, you can always make one more call. Well, maybe that call is moot. Maybe it's someone doesn't want to listen to you. So if you're going to pay an AE a base of 110K, don't have them be doing cold outbound. Like it's just a waste of time. Don't have them go on LinkedIn and look for people to reach out to. You have to have the tools to be able to identify the prospects, the personas in your territory, in your vertical, through an SDR or for yourself. I talked earlier about, look, I don't care if you use Gong Records. I don't care if you use SalesLoft or if you use Outreach. Um, people love Salesforce. I like HubSpot. Is it better? No. Is it worse? No, it's what I'm more comfortable with. So first and foremost, I think, I don't wanna pull out a CRM to spend 30% of my time to swap CRMs. Like That is a losing proposition. Now, changing video recording software might be a lot easier. I wanna make sure I have the foundations of a tech stack. I think if you go with any of the top five at any vertical, there's gonna be pros and cons. I think it's more about how you use it, how you can use it to empower your employees to be efficient and effective. But I think there's pros and cons of each solution. It goes back to the Mercedes, BMW, and Lexus. They're all great cars. I drive a BMW. My wife likes Lexus, and somehow we coexist.
1: <laughs> That's funny. This is this is David, and you and you know she likes the car. She's gonna have to get what she wants, right? I love that. You know, I want to ask you this because you and Dan yeah. both have interesting backgrounds, Andrew, and in and being a CRO. Uh, a fractional CR for a lot of different organizations. I know that brings a rush for you. This like new challenge, you're coming into the new situation. You love that. And when I led churches, I was somewhat what I call a fractional pastor because I went from church to church every two to three years, analyzing the church, right? Looking at opportunities out of there, looking at what could come out of that church for marketing the training. And then after about three or four years, I would move to another church. And that was my life for 21 years. And so I love that aspect, but there are also unique challenges that come with being yeah. the new person on, on the block, the new voice in the picture, so to speak. Would you mind sharing maybe a little bit about what you loved or what you enjoyed about being or a fractional CRO? And, and what is it that companies can expect when they reach out to you? Because I'm sure there are organizations that will listen to this podcast yeah. and say, you know what, I need to bring Andrew in.
0: Great. Amazing. Um... Look, I think being a fractional CRO is a challenge. So let me actually start out at why I think I suck at it at times. I care. So integrity and care is my downfall, which I realize isn't much of a neg. Uh, I'm honest. Uh, I've lost two recent uh, CRO opportunities, fractional CRO, because I knew where they wanted to get in six months. One of my first questions is, how long is your sales cycle? And they said, nine months. So I had to be the arbiter of truth to say, here's your pipeline, here's what's real, here's what's not. We can't get you to 50 new, net new clients in this period. And that was an unpopular opinion. So I think one of my downfalls would be integrity. The other thing is like I invest, I care about the outcome. So I don't treat them as, as fractional. Uh, even though I have hourly rates, I really, we set 30 and 60 and 90 day goals. And that's really my focus. It's challenging right now to hire a full-time CRO. And even though the market is full, it is a huge pivot for a company. You're not just hiring a CRO at a base of 250. You're probably making a 10X, a $2.5 million investment because they, he or she is going to have some changes. We want to double down on marketing. We want to bring in an outside consultant to do SEO, SEM. Like change is hard, Everyone wants to grow and reap those results, but in this environment, people are very concerned to do so. The beauty of the fractional is, rather than shaking everything up, I wanna identify the five low-hanging fruits. I've been successful in 80 to 90% first year net ARR improvement, because I've just seen low and mid-hanging fruits. Oh, we can shorten the sales cycle by doing this. Uh, we should change our verticals. Like, there's are small changes, But organizational pivots are much more difficult. So uh, I will not take a role where I can't impact that final outcome. But I think you're right, too, where when you're dating multiple companies, how can your heart fully be in it? And that's what I love, actually, about the fractional is it's a great way to date before you get married. And potentially I come on full time. It goes beyond the first five interviews where we both like each other. Now, you know, all the pros and the cons. Of my skill set, I know what's really behind this company and what your goals are, and I actually think it's a more natural, less painful, and lower risk way to infuse revenue into your business.
1: This is Danny, and what I really appreciate is the honesty, the the, the ability to be able to sit down with the leadership team and let them know that honestly, the way things are at, I don't see you guys getting there, yeah. and if I'm a leader bringing you in. I want that honesty. I, I, I just don't want to bring somebody in and I can't trust them. But I have you coming in and tell me the truth? Now, that is going to be very crucial to helping the organization grow. Because if you coming yeah. in and leaving the teens, I got to let go. I got to take off that hat and say, okay, well, you're going to the go let them do that. that yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I feel like I'm being mean by, by embracing conflict here. Mm-hmm. Let go is kind of the right word. I think I don't want full autonomy. I want a relationship with the CEO Mm -hmm. where I bring up five ideas and he or she says, these three are great. This one won't work. We've tried it before and tell me more about this. So I really do think it's, it's in collaboration. Uh, But yeah, it is, it is a big pivot. Now, one of my favorite new terms, maybe it's as new to me is you're familiar with FOMO, but FOFO. (laughs) FOFO is fear of finding out and the emperor could be the CEO, could be the board, the emperor doesn't want to be told they don't have clothes. They don't want to be told the company that they invested in or the goals that they've committed to. So to your point, the truth isn't always welcomed or liked. I think it takes a very humble CEO or board to actually welcome that information, whether the news is good or bad. The reality is the sooner they welcome that, when it's both quantitative and qualitative, the sooner they can pivot and make those changes to ensure they do have success. The longer you deny it, you're just—it's like playing on a bummed ankle and saying it's fine. It's not going to naturally get better by itself.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And I appreciate that. This is Danny, and it comes back having that relationship. And you talked about people and talk about process yeah. and products, and it comes down to really having that relationship, having the trust. And nothing's better. And my brother and I go through this all the time. We were actually heading up yesterday. Uh, to a meeting, and we had a difference in opinion on the process. And, Great. but you know, despite having a difference, we still love each other. We still work things out and, and we're still doing well, which is awesome. But it's that trust. And I know that if he doesn't agree with me, he'll let me know. And I appreciate that. I love that about it. Now, among the key achievements you've had over the years, yeah. there's got to be something that you can say, you know what? I'm really proud of what I've done here. And yeah. And I don't know if, about you, but for me, every single week and every single day, I write in my journal and I, and I got to write down what I'm grateful for because it helps continue to fuel me. And I love, yeah. I love helping people. I just love helping people because I know oh, when man. I help them, well, they I'm become so the serious. best that they can be. And hopefully that bleeds off to them helping somebody else. But for you as a CRO, as a chief sales officer, as a co-founder, you've had to have a lot of success stories. But for something that stands in your mind every day, which ones are really the ones that make you say, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. And this is why I'm going to continue to keep doing what I do. What, what are some examples of those?
0: It's so funny because I had my initial answer. Let me give you the glamour answer. And then I'll give you <laughs> the glamour answer is I spent six years at LA's largest tech IPO at the time, a company called Cornerstone On Demand. Most people don't know of it. Think of workday before workday. So full HR systems from onboarding, to compensation reviews, uh, to, to learning, to deployment of education, I inherited, I was employee 150. I inherited the worst department in the company. Four people had been there prior. None had lasted more than a year. None had created more than 400K in recurring revenue. So the CEO pretty much said, hey, if you can't make this business work, we're just done with it. Nothing as inspiring as that of people saying, why did you take this job? I was successful because I was a subject matter expert. I joined the right company at the right time and I hired amazing people. And I was promoted five times and helped bring it from 400K to 18 million in recurring revenue. While the company itself, where I supported over 600 AEs, we went from 25 million to 280 million through IPO. That is the prettiest thing on my resume. When you ask, like, what are you most proud of? I gotta tell you, look at my LinkedIn endorsements. I I invest in people when they want it and they want to get better. I invest in people when they don't want it and realize later the amount of calls that I have from former employees that we didn't get along, and they go, Oh my gosh, I was wrong. And I go, No, I was wrong. And we just we hug it out. Like, I I think. The personal growth that I've invested in them is probably where I'm most proud, and it's why when I do go places that I'm frequently able to bring a team of people, because uh, they either like me or tolerate me, but they believe in me and they trust me.
1: We'll be right back after this short break. Are you projecting the right image to your market? Are you optimizing your name recognition and presence online? Are you an MSP looking to strengthen the relationships that you have with your clients? Look to reinforce your value by maximizing your QBRs. Simplify the approach by turning any account manager into a virtual CIO with a Humanize IT framework. Visit humanizeit.biz and start to create genuine human connections through better conversations rather than just presentations. Humanize IT. Are you tired of struggling to keep your team motivated and engaged? Do you wish there was an easier way to develop your employees' skills and build a high-performing team? Well, look no further than Mercury Learning Library and Coaching. If you're a tech company that values happy, high-performing teams and leaders, Mercury is the solution you've been looking for. You'll have access to online training, bi-weekly group coaching, to power up your employees, their skills, their leadership skills, their sales, and public speaking. And for CEOs and business owners, we have an offer exclusive just for you. It is a training track to help you lead your company to success. Here's the thing. Your employees want to grow and develop. They want to be motivated and engaged at work, but it's not always easy to know where to start. That's where Mercury comes in. We provide specific development tracks for managers, employees, and HR leaders to help them achieve their goals and reach their full potential everybody, I'm Christina and I'm a brand and image strategist where we consult you on how you're coming across, how your total brand, um, social media, the way you speak, the way you look, the way uh, your website looks, and it's all important in encompassing especially effective communication. So I have a book that I'd like to recommend. This book called, called Talk It Up by David and Danny Sue Brown does exactly that. It goes step by step and it tells you exactly what you need to know it is very easy to follow it will boost your confidence it will help you communicate effectively to your audience this is david andrew and i love that i appreciate how you said look at what people said about me. Look at the recommendations made uh, or shared about me as a person, as a leader, as a friend. And to me, that's something you should look back on. I know we want to hang our hat on other things, but when you can be able to say, I can hang my hat on people and notice that this is what makes uh, the greatest success is when you invest in the right people. I love that. Thank you so much for stating that. It can't be understated. People are so important to everything that we do. I want to ask you something a little interesting. My mentor, yeah. I, he's he's been in my life, Andrew, for the last 30, yeah, 30 years this year, and we still talk probably every couple of weeks, and he's transitioning out of his role and retiring, but he's moving into a new field where he's supporting people. And so his role is going from serving in the ministry, being a minister, pastor of churches, to now become, he's become a suicide prevention counselor, much like yourself. So I've got to ask you, what prompted that pursuit to really go down that path, get your certification as a counselor this year? What was it about this that you said, hey, I want to make a difference in this way too?
0: Yeah, thank you for bringing it up. Uh, As we're recording it, this podcast now, there was another mass shooting. And I don't think anyone's going to have to Google which mass shooting, because unfortunately, there's going to be another one before this goes live. Uh, the world is a really, while I'm a positive person, the world is really messed up. That's the nicest way to put it. Uh, and mental health is at the crux of it. Now, um, I'm a Jubu, So I'm a Jewish Buddhist. And I think the foundation of Buddhism is altruism and giving without expecting anything back. The beauty of it is you get so much back from giving as I'm not religious and spiritual. You're clearly religious, which I think is great. Um, I've always been into philanthropy. Uh, I spent seven years with the uh, Movember Foundation, growing mustaches. Raised over two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for Men's Health. They're the number one Men's Health uh, charity. They were focusing on prostate and testicular cancer. Um, they moved into mental health, which kind of woke me up. Where I think the male suicide rate is four to one, and maybe even five to one right now. And it's pretty obvious men don't talk about their feelings if we generalize. Um, they, they, they hold a lot in. I think it's a real challenge. So from the time I did Movember and I got out, I think there was about three or four years I didn't do much philanthropically. My excuse, which is great, was there was a, a friggin' pandemic and I was raising two young children. But I am an extremist, uh, whether it's sports, love, passion, podcasts. I think anyone that helps build a home on a weekend is a great person. Someone that picks up trash twice a year at the beach is a great person. I wanted to go head deep. I wanted to do something on a regular basis. So I do a four-hour shift every single week that made an impact. And it is the most rewarding and the most painful. I never know what I'm getting into. I love to work out, but I kind of, I make the metaphor of a workout where, you kind of dread it, you get there, you're not sure what to expect and you leave and you feel great. Um, There are times that I know inequivocably that I've saved a life. There are times inequivocably that I know that I spoke to three people that have been on high alert for years that it's not going to work out. It's actually, it's a a parallel as well. And I think it makes me a little better at managing teams and individuals uh, of just people with different experiences, the ability to listen and I think empathy, which I've probably said three times is the most important thing. Um, I think when most people talk about their problems to their friends, they make it about themselves. Like, oh, I just, uh, my uncle had cancer. And the immediate thing is, oh yeah, my grandmother had cancer, it was really bad. And they make it about themselves. What we learn in suicide prevention therapy is to live in that dark place and to let people speak about their challenges and ask about it. And I think that's very similar to discovery. In sales, where you actually develop a level of trust, then you could focus on a go-forward plan. But if you just say, hey, you've had a bad day, why don't you just wake up positive tomorrow? That's like in sales, hey, I know you've lost some deals, why don't you just try to win some tomorrow? No, let's let's understand the pain, why we lost a deal, um, and then focus on getting better. In summation, mental health is huge. Um, it is probably the most underserved uh, need that we have. And I wanted to make an impact.
1: This is Danny. and Andrew, I, I appreciate you talking about mental health and first of all, treating each individual valuable, important, letting them talk it through, not always trying to say, Hey, let me relate to you. My mother went through X, Y, Z, but you're really talking to them because I think at the end of the day, in that individual's eyes, what they yeah. have to say at that moment, when they have the freedom to say it without judgment, it's yep. so vital for a step to recovery. And when I think about sales teams and I think about our customer success teams, I think about marketing teams, one of the biggest downfalls that we have as leaders is treating everybody the same. You're going to have mm-hmm. some sales reps that are extroverts, some that are introverts. You're going to have sales reps all, all over the model, but they're all unique and different and they're all amazing and if you invest in them individually, as well as yeah. as a team, you're going to get the best out of everybody rather than treating everybody the same. I had to learn that lesson the hard way as I was moving up from an AE yeah. all to go to a VP of sales to a CRO. I had to learn that the hard way. So I appreciate you doing that. And I want to encourage everybody today. We've, we've had previous podcasts to help help you to grow in your walk as a sales professional. We've also had a couple of people on to talk about mental health and why that's important. I'm glad Andrew brought that up today as well, because I know for me at times when I was first beginning my sales career, I would get very happy and very depressed at the same time. I had a great call. I'm feeling I'm on fire. The did yep. I feel depressed. I'm not going to make my quota. I'm going to hit my quota. I'm going to get present. I was up and down, up and down. You were social the- media before social media. Exactly. It, was,
0: it was the... The endorphin of winning a deal, the endorphin of getting a like, you know, one of the fractional roles that I've had for two and a half years now is a company called Saver Lining. And Saver Lining was started by a good friend of mine, Ryan, who's a suicide survivor. And he talks about it openly. Uh, he goes into companies with licensed therapists and does workshops on a regular basis, a weekly basis. They go in, they talk about work-life balance they talk about so many subjects. And it's just very important to me Because I think corporations, when they look at their employees and say as assets, but as the most important part of being successful, um, I don't think it's a company's responsibility to make sure people are happy, but you have no idea how much the the war in Gaza is affecting employees and just sending a CEO letter of this is hurting us all, we're gonna make a $5,000 donation. First of all, that's great. Second of all, imagine investing $5,000 so your employees could show up once a week to a discussion with a therapist about how they're feeling about it. So we want to empower people to be more successful at working at home.
1: Absolutely, and I appreciate that. you That's a little bit, that extra touch makes such a huge mm-hmm. impact in people's lives. And it's so valuable. And if you're a sales leader today, look, Every little thing you do, even if it's just a handwritten letter or even if it's just a a quick email to your sales rep who may have lost a big deal, whatever it may be, to let them understand, that makes a huge difference in them wanting to put that hat on again the next day and go at it again. That gives a huge confidence boost that, hey, look, you care about me being successful, not just the fact that I didn't win or lose a deal. So I I think that's so very valuable so very important. Um, I want to let our audience know, look, if you have critical Issues preventing you from growing your revenue. If only 25% of your sales reps are making their numbers on a month-to-month basis, you need to reach out to Andrew. He offers a free assessment, a workshop to help you. And the best way you can reach out to Andrew, you can reach out to him on LinkedIn. Go to LinkedIn.com I-N Andrew Han 1121. Or you can go to you can visit AndrewHan.card.co Now this is C-A- rrd.co. And when you go there, I want to take this one moment to say, listen to his message. If you go on LinkedIn right now, just click click on on his video and just listen, and you'll learn from him immediately. And I believe within the first 30 seconds, you can determine whether or not Andrew's a fit to help scale your organization. And I believe the answer is going to be yes, because you're going to get an honest individual who's going to tell you the truth, but at the same time, want to work and collaborate with you to make sure that your organization becomes successful. We want to hear the good news that your organization is going to have. We want to invite Andrew back again, because we believe that he also has a power partner in his corner as well. And she has a lot to say too, as a head of product. So it'd be great to have you back again, Andrew. We want to thank you for joining my identical twin brother and you. I on this podcast. Thank you so very much for joining us today. And we can't wait for you to come back again.
0: Thank you. D and D appreciate it.
1: For listening to the Twins Talk Tech Leadership, please subscribe, download, and share this program. Learn about sponsorship opportunities and become featured on our program. Follow us on LinkedIn and other social media platforms. Be sure to also give our other program, Twins Talk It Up, a listen as well. We will see you next time in the next episode of Twins Talk Tech Leadership.